Welcome back to Before You Were Born, episode five. Harry and Nash with you here. Harry, I'm so pleased to be back. This is the fifth episode, so if you've missed any of them, check them out. They're all on our SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, everything. They're mm. everywhere. Harry and Nash on Facebook. Yes, you'll have to try very hard to miss us. Now, this week is... Well, we say this every week. But this week is a huge week in history, man! It's enormous, and it's okay because it's actually really exciting this week. It is. I'm actually probably the most excited about this week than any week ever. This is actually a really deadly episode, right? (laughs) It is, and it's not because it's April Fool's. It is because it's from (laughs) the 27th of March till the 2nd of April. Mm. A lot has happened, but not a lot that you may know about. Or maybe you know, but you don't know that much about it. I Look, I will actually eat my hat if you know my story. I would like to see that. Nash will open a haberdashery, then eat all of the hats. Nice word. In that, I know, I just wanted to use the word haberdashery. Nice um, word. No application, really. Um, so we're speaking about the 27th of March to the 2nd of April. It's a big week. Nash, what are you speaking about? I'm talking about this lady called Mary Mallon. Okay, who yeah. who is she? She's also known as Typhoid Mary. Ooh, yeah. so she, of course, was the inventor of typhoid. Yes, she was the inventor of typhoid. Uh, it was very unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a bad thing to go down in history about. Well, look, she didn't invent typhoid, but she definitely spread it around. Okay, so I'm, in, I'm intrigued. You, you've got me hooked. Mm. I want to hear more. So I'm okay. going to listen to the podcast. Oh, very good. So I, so I know. Harry, what uh, are you talking about today? I'm talking about nothing to do with typhoid. But a bit of drama. That's right. The shooting of Ronald Reagan, of course, the president of the United States back in the 80s. He was shot. Was he killed? Did he live? You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. But if you know anything at all... If you know all, anything about history. Then you'll know that it, yeah, he lived. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a big week. We, of course, have fast facts as well. But Nash, before we get into anything, we should probably cue the intro. I have a thing. Good evening, and welcome to television. That's one small step for man, one Let's go back to a time before you were born. Welcome back to Before You Were Born. Now, Nash, you're speaking about Mary, not the Virgin Mary, not no. Mary who had a little lamb no. who lived on Prairie Lane, but no. Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary. So, before we get to Mary Mallon, yes. I want to ask you a question. Why is it important to wash your hands? Um, because my parents told me. Okay, and why did they tell you? Because spreading of germs. germs. No one wants icky stuff from your hands on anywhere. That's right. And when did you learn about germs, Harry? When you were a Born. little kid, presumably. Born. Right, when you were a kid. Yep. Now, this is kind of crazy to believe. Now, living in the 21st century, but there was a time where people not only didn't know about germs, but they thought that the idea of germs of small particles that you can't see with your eye, that you can get infected with, that make you sick. They, the idea of that was so controversial and no one would want to believe it. Can, can you can you even... Like, it's, it's just hard to fathom, but, right? But Dettol. But Dettol, right? But soap. So prior to germ theory, which, let me tell you, only became like really solidified in the early 20th century, prior to germ theory, everyone thought that disease was spread by something called miasma. 
And what, that was okay. the dominant theory what is for miasma? hundreds of years. What was miasma? Miasma is <laughs> allegedly this gas, this poisonous gas <laughs> that will give you everything from a headache to a runny nose to diarrhea. Miasma. Right? So there is poisonous gas in the air that if you do inhale it, you could get those effects. But it's probably not the basis for all diseases ever. No. Look, I mean, no one's denying that poisonous gas does exist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here in the studio with you right now. And I, I knew you were going to make that crack. I knew that was going to happen. I was just not crack. thinking. Oh, come on, Harry. Come on, buddy. Yeah. So there's definitely such a thing as poisonous gas, but yeah. miasma is a myth. It's not true, okay. right? We get sick from infections of germs, okay? Of course. Now, the guy, one of the guys who was really crucial in sort of solidifying germ theory was our friend Jon Snow. As in... Dum, 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 dum. Like Game of Thrones. You know nothing, Harry Rutner. I, I'm guessing I know absolutely nothing. Why is Jon <laughs> Snow relevant to a story Different Jon Snow. in the 1900s? So Jon Snow was this English physician, and he was seminal in working out how cholera was spread. Okay, and cholera is quite important because not only was it rampant back in the 1900s, it's still a big thing today. I had to take syrup for cholera before going to India. In the developing countries, it's still a massive thing that kills numerous amounts of people. So Jon Snow, he worked out that cholera was being spread by bacteria in water, not by miasma, okay, right? But everyone, everyone in the scientific community was like, you know nothing, Jon Snow. This is utter <laughs> bullshit. No way, because he actually, that actually would have happened. Because everyone's said, you know thinking nothing. it was this damn miasma crap, okay? Yeah. So I got a question. In the 1900s, when the White Walkers came, um, was were they still like Jon Snow? You know nothing, or they were like, okay, maybe there's a bit of validity. I think he was vindicated then. He was okay, good. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> so everyone that doesn't understand that that was a Game of Thrones reference. Let's move on. All Let's right, move on. Move it on. Moving right along. So that's the context. Okay, people don't believe in germs, or at least at this point in history, when we're talking about Mary Mallon, the idea of germs is still very, very new. People at this time still believe in witches, so it's not that surprising that they don't believe in germs. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> um, do they? <laughs> yeah, 1800s. It's a thing. Okay. Salem was 1600s, but yeah, let's let's move on. Oh, let's move on. Okay, so our girl, Mary Mallon, okay? Yeah. She is a cook, right? And she's working for wealthy families in New York, okay? Okay. And at this time, this is in the early 1900s, 1905, 1906, there were lots of these typhoid outbreaks amongst the New York population, but it was crucially, crucially, it was amongst the poorer population. Okay, okay fair. That's generally how diseases are spread, through the people that don't have the best hygiene. Well, they don't have access to sanitation and clean water and that sort of thing. So there were around 3,000 cases of typhoid in New York, but it wasn't really a big problem for the health authorities until rich people started getting sick. Of course. Of course. Because once rich people start getting sick, then you know you got a problem. So 1906, Long Island, New York, in Oyster Bay, there's an outbreak of typhoid amongst this rich family, okay? And this is bad. This, well, this is, well, rich people are getting hurt. <laughs> we mustn't have this happen. Yeah. Oh, totally reprehensible. <laughs> right? So the owner of this house, right, yeah. he solicits the services of this freelance engineer, okay, this freelance uh, sanitation engineer okay. to come and find out how uh, how is this typhoid being spread around. Maybe you should clarify, what is typhoid? I mean, I oh. obviously know, but let's say some of our listeners do not know. Okay, typhoid 
is a bacterial infection, all right? And it's spread through water, food, or feces or urine, right? Okay. So most things. Well, yeah. A lot of things. Well, it's stuff that goes in your mouth. I mean, we've exa- <laughs> when have you ever put urine or feces in your mouth? Let's explore this and then get back to Mary. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that was obviously a gap, but we'll we'll move on. So the problem that's problems that can arise from typhoid, you get fever, internal bleedings uh, of your organs, and you get this rash, and it's awful, right? Can I so, just say this doesn't sound like something I want to get. Typhoid sounds like something oh, I want to no. avoid. Yeah, you definitely want to avoid typhoid. Okay, but I'm glad we're on the same page. Well. Yeah, me too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, stop, yeah, I'll stop putting poo in my mouth. <laughs> so 1906, Long Island, New York, Oyster Bay. There is an outbreak of typhoid amongst a wealthy family. <gasps> so this gentleman, George Soper, he's a freelance sanitary engineer. He's, wait wait a sec. Yeah. His last name is, is Soper. Yeah, I know, right? How that is, is that? hilarious. <laughs> uh, crucial to avoiding typhoid is washing your hands, and this guy's name is Soper. Yeah. So this guy, Soper, he's actually on the forefront. He's starting to delve in, and he knows that germs and bacteria are a thing. Okay? Of course he does. He's the inventor of soap. Well, <laughs> S-O-P-E-R. Sadly. Oh, damn it. So George Soper, <laughs> he's investigating. He has a hunch. So he thinks that it's being spread by the sewerage system that's in the house, right? So he's going around okay. looking for samples, and he can't find any traces of so- a typhoid coming up from the sewers. So he has to use his powers of deduction. He's like, well, how, where else might it be coming from? Who, what are the new elements that have been added to this family that could bring in the infection? Uh, are you asking? I don't know. Mary. Mary Mallon. Mary. She's their cook, right? Yeah. So he investigates Mary Mallon's previous employers, and seven out of the eight previous employers, seven out of the eight, they've all come down with typhoid. She sounds like an evil villain. She's literally going from house to house cooking up disease. Cooking up disease with a specialty of peach ice cream. Crucially peach ice cream because typhoid, the bacteria, can get killed with heat. But she's making a non-cooked dessert which would carry that typhoid. She is a supervillain. Her, her specialty is peach ice cream. And she <laughs> spreads disease throughout the entire country. It's interesting you say that because in the media she was sort of cast as this horrible woman, this villain. But really, I mean, this is one of the things we'll come up against later. Was she really to blame? We'll come yes. up against that later. <laughs> okay, well, we'll reconsider. Okay. So, change my mind. Make me think otherwise. George Sloper investigates and he works out that Malin is the source of mm. the typhoid. And he confronts her Source three of typhoid, months- source of all evil. Well, let's, not get, let's not get hurt. He investigates, up. he confronts her three months later when she's actually working a few blocks away from where he's living at the moment, right? Dangerous. And he confronts her and he's like, Look, I think you have typhoid. I know you don't have any of the symptoms, but I think you have typhoid, okay? So I'm going to need to take some urine and some stool samples, please. Lovely. And, guess, and as you can imagine, here's Mary Mallon, someone who is uneducated, doesn't believe in germs, believes in my asthma, right? Yeah. So why would she have typhoid if she doesn't have any of the symptoms? She's probably thinking this this is some this guy's, guy's crazy. This is some, this is some guy's fetish. He just wants a well, bit of yeah. action on the side. So she chases him out of the building with a carving fork. I was going to say roller. Yeah, but carving fork, a bit more dramatic, right? It is. Yeah. So so Soper gets the NYPD involved. She's forced the to popo. give a stool sample, and it's confirmed that she does have typhoid. Can I just say, imagine being taken into prison just so that you can do a poo. So that is cup. ridiculous. So it's confirmed. So yeah, it's confirmed, and she's sent to North Brothers Island, and she's in quarantine for three years. 
that's a, that's a decent amount of time. But she does have typhoid, and she, she is spreading it to people. Yeah, well, it's an it's a, it, interesting ethical quandary, right? So at the end of the three years, she's released on the agreement that she doesn't go back to cooking for people. Okay. Okay. But she has no skills, so what else is she supposed to do? So she goes back to cooking because she has no other skills. Well, what right? choice does she have? Well, well, she had other choices, let's be honest. <laughs> Literally okay? any other job except contaminating people with typhoid. Yeah, I mean, you had one job, Mary. You had one, <laughs> had one job. job. Okay. But she goes back to cooking, okay? Mm. And this time she's caught because there's an outbreak of typhoid, 25 people get infected, and two people die. She's now killed two people. She's killed two people because Not of her great. negligence, right? Uh, well, here's the thing. It could be her negligence or it could be the fact that the health authorities didn't inform her properly. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's her fault. It's also her fault. Yeah, it's her yeah. fault. Yeah. Anyway, so she gets put back into quarantine again, which brings us to our significant date in history, the 27th of March, 1915. Mary Mallon, Typhoid Mary, is sent back to quarantine where she stays for another 23 years until she dies. Oh my, that's terrible. Why not educate her instead? Instead of sending her to quarantine for 23 years. I know, it's horrible. But this is one of these consistent things, particularly with medical history, where we look back and we think, oh my God, they used to use leeches for everything? <laughs> I'm just like... glad I'm glad they didn't burn her at the stake, to be honest. Well, so, I know, man. She did all right. Quarantine is better than being burnt at the stake. Well, she was definitely made a pariah in front of the media, but... Yeah, so that's that happened. That's a thing. <laughs> wow. That's a thing. Okay. Very unfortunate that uh, the mother of typhoid uh, had to spend the rest of her days <laughs> like that. But, you know... <laughs> the typhoid mother. You never... <laughs> maybe if her and Sopa got together, then she would have been cleansed. Yeah! <laughs> oh! Oh! Okay, so you did there. You like what I did there? Sopa <laughs> cleanse. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Harry, that's the uh, sad fate of Mary Mallon. Typhoid Mary. Now I believe you have something that is not quite as sad, but definitely just as interesting. It is. Uh, well, I mean, it's still quite sad. A man got shot. Actually, four <laughs> men got shot. Um, oh. Yeah, it's bigger than it looks. Huh. This is Ronald Reagan's shooting. So stay tuned right after this. We're going to speak a bit about the old RR. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to Before You Were Born. We just heard about Typhoid Mary, the sad, twisted fate that befell her. Now, Harry, we're going to hear about something that's a little bit more optimistic, I think, because a man, he survived. He, he survived. does. He survives a shooting. Yeah. That's right. On the, that's right, on the 30th of March, mm. 1981, and Ronald Reagan, President of the United States of America, gets shot. Mm. But he survives. Now, why did he get shot? Let's speak a bit about it. So he's, he's giving a big speech at the Washington Hilton Hotel. And he's walking out, having a lovely day. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. He's ready to go back to the old White House. Mm. Bam. Six shots are fired. Wow, a full clip. A full clip. A only, full round on a revolver, rather. Only yeah. one hits Reagan. And it's all by accident, even. It was aimed what? at Reagan. But it's accidental that it gets hit. The first shot goes completely awry. And it hits a man called James Brady, who's the press secretary for the president. Right. The second one goes to the District of Columbia police officer, Thomas Delante, in the back of the neck as oh. he's trying to get in front of Reagan. These are all aimed at Reagan, just thankfully off, off the, the target, as you right. would say. Right. I imagine he didn't survive. Everyone survived. But wait, it, it, gets, what? It, it gets worse than that. James Brady, the first one to get hit, gets hit in the head. 
He gets shot in the face and he still survives. What the hell? Yeah, what the head more like it. Third bullet ricochets completely off. Right. Fourth bullet yeah. hits Secret Service agent Tim McCarthy in the abdomen as he's trying to get on top of Reagan yeah. again. Yeah. Fifth bullet yeah. hits some glass. One bullet left. The last bullet hits the armoured car, but because it's an armoured car, oh. it ricochets right into the lung of Ronald Reagan. They got him in the lung. It gets worse. It was an inch from Ronald Reagan's heart. If it had gone one more inch, it would have gone right into his heart. That's it. No more president. All over, Red Rover. All over. Reagan only got inaugurated in January of 1981. He'd been president for two months. Wow. That was it. So, so he, he gets hit. Okay. His assailant, the person that has shot him, they've pinned him down. They've got him. Yeah. We're going to get to him later. Okay. Let's speak a bit more about Reagan. All right. Reagan's rushed off to hospital. He's he's not even aware that he's hit for the most part. He's like, okay, rudimentary for me to go to hospital. It's fine. Has no idea. Gets to hospital. Yeah. And he has to have op- he has to be operated on straight away. There's a bullet in his lung to yeah. the president of the United States. Yeah. He goes to the surgeon, Ronald Reagan, never one to not be a, a funny man. He yeah. goes, I hope you all are Republicans. <laughs> Quite funny. He's, on his, he's pretty much on his deathbed. And he's oh, like, I hope, I hope you voted for me. <laughs> uh, I like that. So a, the surgery happens. It's successful. He takes a month and a half to recover, gets back into the White House. Yeah. Ronald Reagan is fine. Right. Good news for Ronald. That moment helped boost him, and his popularity was so high, he got to serve the entire eight years. Mm. Got to pass a couple of pretty unconventional bills to Congress, mainly about economic policy. Trickle-down economics? Yeah. Sure. I don't know what that is, but yeah. That's his, like, flagship thing. Yeah, that one. I knew that. (laughs) I knew that. Um, So, you know, he... The shooting for him was actually kind of a good thing. He got got to pass through quite a bit of legislation as well as stay for the eight years. Maybe. He was meant to be shot. Maybe he was, and I don't think he was. Because Ronald Reagan's fine. (laughs) He's out of the picture. Let's speak a bit about the guy who shot him. Yeah, I have so many questions. Who is this guy? What was his deal? (laughs) All the questions. And I think he's the most interesting part. Okay. Enter John Hickney. Mm. Ever heard of him? No. So he's similar to Lee Harvey Oswald in the fact that he shot a president. Okay. Except John Hickney did not kill a president. Okay. And John Hickney was straight away arrested. Yeah, I, I've seen that video. They're like, they just like, they just take him out. They, it's like, it's like a rugby match. Mm. It's just like fifteen Secret Service men all on top of this. Yeah, it stacks on Hickney. <laughs> Poor guy, it stacks on Hickney. Who is Hickney? That's yeah. a question. Why did he want to kill the president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, the actor, the legend, the man that? Wow, it sounds like somebody's a big Reagan fan. I'm not really. He has a monument in Hungary, which I thought was quite cool, but like, I'm not such a fan of his politics. Oh, okay. Anyway, John Hickney, he's. I'm not going to say that he's not insane, but he is insane. Okay. John Hickney was obsessed with Jodie Foster. Why am I telling you this? I know. Oh, yeah, no, this is all coming back. I don't know about this. Yeah. He's like this crazed fan. He also tried to kill her too, didn't he? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> he didn't try to kill her. It's not Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Um, but he's an obsessed fan because he saw Taxi Driver. And he saw Jodie Foster. Of course, Taxi Driver is a movie with Robert De Niro so and Jodie Foster. So what? He fell in love with 14-year-old Jodie Foster? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so already things aren't going so great for John Hickney. You know, he's fallen in love with Jodie Foster when she's 14, bit under the legal age to fall in love with someone. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, so he's obsessed with her. He's writing her letters. He's giving her phone calls. And then he realises 
the best way to get her attention is to do something dramatic. And he sees Taxi Driver in Taxi Driver, Bickle, who is played by Robert De Niro. Yeah. He attempts to assassinate a fictional senator, right, from the US Congress. John Hickney is like, I'm going to do one better. I'm going to kill the President of the United States. Are you serious? That's his motivation? I'm 100% serious. What? So he starts following presidents, and he started off with Jimmy Carter in 1980. He's followed Jimmy Carter. He got to a point where he was within a foot of Jimmy Carter, right? Yeah, but what happened? Obviously, he didn't have a weapon on him. Oh. He then decided, okay, I can do this. I've gotten close enough. I can kill Jimmy Carter. But then he gets arrested because the next time he tries to follow Jimmy Carter, it's onto a plane and on his person, he's now got a gun. Not the smartest guy. Oh my God. Um, but he, I'm not defaming him. This is what articles have said about him. Not us personally. I think he's a great guy. Well, if you want to say that, fine. I don't agree with that. <laughs> so he's he's gotten he's gotten his gun license suspended, right? Because he can't he can no longer carry a gun with him. Yeah. Okay. But then, of course, Jimmy Carter ends his reign as Führer of America, and yeah. Ronald Reagan takes over. So John Hickney sees this at his chance. He follows Reagan incessantly. He keeps on writing to Jodie Foster the whole time, telling her everything. On the day of the shooting, he writes a final letter to Foster. He thinks he's going to die. He's going to kill the president, but he's going to be dead. And at least Foster will know. And it goes a bit like this. I will admit to you that the reason I'm going ahead with this attempt now is because I just cannot wait any longer to impress you. Of course, he's speaking about Jodie Foster here. Yeah, right. He, he wants to impress her. And he says, this letter is being written only an hour before I leave for the Hilton Hotel. Jody, I'm asking you to please look into your heart and at least give me the chance with this historical deed to gain your respect and love. How old is Jodie Foster at this point? She's still 14. She's older than 14. I don't know how old she is. She's probably on the cusp of 17. <laughs> I'm, look, not, I'm not I sure. Mean, look, I mean... It sounds like the musings of some hopelessly romantic, but also, you know, homicidal um, teenager, right? Going out to his, like, oh, baby, I love you so much. You know what I mean? It seems like an, from an episode of Riverdale or something. <laughs> it's utterly ridiculous. I thought it was more of a Degrassi High type of uh, situation with that much drama. <laughs> um, so so Hickney, he writes, this, he writes this letter. Yeah. He, he sends it to Foster. Next day, goes, shoots the president of America. Jesus. But the drama doesn't stop there. Then comes the trial. 1982 comes the trial of Hinckley. Right. So he goes to trial and everyone's like, nah, he shot a president. He's going to jail for a very long time. Incorrect. Just all incorrect. What? So they found him not guilty. Sorry, what? He literally was holding the smoking gun. He was. They have the letter. They knew it was him. They found him not guilty for reasons of insanity. Not that surprising. Oh, how convenient. But it caused absolute <laughs> outrage oh, with bad. all the Americans. 83% of Americans said that the verdict was dead wrong. They said, this is ridiculous. He shot at the President of the United States. And you're only giving him an insanity seg- like plea? So surely, even with insanity, he must have been locked up. No doubt. He, 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 so come on. After that, you can't I mean, be you can't be a free man. He after was. You shoot the leader of the free world. <laughs> he he That's was not how locked it works. up. He was locked up at St Elizabeth's Hospital, a mental institution, yeah. without any leave, 
So he's been locked there for decades, but slowly, over the decades, he gets more liberties, more freedoms, till finally, last year, September 10, the man who shot Ronald Reagan is set free. God bless America. Well, there's hope yet. <laughs> there is hope. So, guys. Hey, hey, look, all you uni students who are out there listening, you think you're going to bomb out of your economics degree, you're not going so well with your girlfriend, and your parents don't like you. You know what? There's still hope. Because you can go and you can attempt to assassinate the leader of the free world, and you know what? You'll still have a second chance. It's Ironically, okay. the New Hope Star Wars film was based off his life. You know, new hope everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a tale. That is a tale of John Hinckley and his attempt to assassinate the President of the United States because he was obsessed with Jodie Foster at the age of 14. There's a lot of things wrong there. Multiple here's, things wrong. Here's what I'm curious to find out. <laughs> yeah. Is now that he's a free man, is Jodie Foster like, well... This guy's still de- probably hopelessly devoted to me. Maybe I'm going to pay him a little visit. Did they ever meet? That's my question. Did they ever meet? I don't think so. No? So n- none of the research I could find said that they would meet, but like, would you want to meet someone that tried to kill a president for you? I mean, it's, it's a very nice sentiment, but probably something that should never be done by a sane person or insane person ever. Depending how you look at it, you could think of it as the nicest, most horrible thing someone's ever done for you. <laughs> oh, you want to kill a president for me? Stop. You're too much. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it could be seen as a symbol, but it's something that a sane person should never, ever do. You know what? Here is the really hilarious thing about the this. Kicker, right? The as kicker, as they would say. As they would say, is that Jodie Foster is, is gay. So he never... Not, one, she was a child when he was interested in her, and two, she's also a lesbian. He had never had a chance! <laughs> yeah. This Look, guy never had a chance! Well, that just goes to show... Maybe make sure your love interest is interested in you or your yeah. gender yeah. before you decide to Try throw away your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough of shooting presidents. Let, let's head to a break. After this, blast facts. I love how we take our time with that. Because <laughs> if they're really fast, fast yeah. facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I got the fast facts. You ready? Ready. So let's start March 27th, 1998. FDA approves one of your favorite chemical pharmaceutical products. That's right. Viagra. Viagra. How'd you know I was doing that? Because I knew that I told you something in confidence. (laughs) And here we are. You know what's funny, though, is I see a lot of those ads on TV for, I mean, I search for them as well, for like the Viagra ads. Yeah. How do you think they relate to their market? I just feel like, what what do you say? Hey, your genitalia not working? Try this. It'll make you feel like a human again. Uh, that's that's a pretty good selling point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> fair, fair call. Works for me. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, March 28th, and this is a biggie, yeah. 1979, there's a massive nuclear accident at Three Mile Island. A generator, a nuclear generator, gets a bit of a fission in it and cracks, and then yeah. there's just nuclear waste everywhere. Where's Three Mile Island? Um, it's in the United States of America. Is it one of those names that just doesn't make any sense because the yeah. island is actually like 30 miles wide or something like that? Yeah. Have you ever been to Seven Mile Beach in Nowra? No. It's probably about 1.5 miles at best. That is, <laughs> I wanted a seven mile walk. I got 1.5 miles. You just have to go up and back a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um, March 29. Oh, this is kind of a good one, actually. Oh, yeah? 1973. US withdraws from Vietnam. Why were they there? We'll never know. Well, I know. Okay. They were there unjustly because they misrepresented the uh, extent of the... Um, well, this is opening up a huge can of wood. They were essentially <laughs> there because someone misreported the amount of attacks that were happening on US uh, 
forces and then they were and then and the administration knowingly obstructed that information and decided to continue the war effort to suppress communism. So you're telling me that America went into a war when it wasn't needed nor didn't have a right to be in? Yeah, no. I know, right? No, stop. It's too much. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> 2006, good old Tom Jones, knighted by the old queen. Or should I say Sir Tom Jones? You know what's whack? And one thing where me and Tony Abbott agree mm. is that I think... It'd be really great for Australians to be knighted still. I agree. You know, I want to be Sir Nash. That's, that'd be great. Sir Malcolm Turnbull. Oh, that's not great, actually. I mean, Grant... Well, yeah, not Malcolm Turnbull, but... Have, what was Kathy it? Freeman! Sir Freeman? No, no, Dame! <laughs> Dame <laughs> Freeman. Goddamn. Um, March 31, 1889. It's a World Fair. The Eiffel Tower opens. I don't uh. know if you've ever been through... To that, uh, I have actually prolific monument. I have. It's very nice. Um, I was there in 2011, and I was there with my brother, and um, it's like he's just a hopeless tourist, and he's just eating a croissant <laughs> on the top of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah. Does it get and any more cliche? Like, You're such a tourist. And he's like, shut up and finish your croissant. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. This is a big one for me personally. Oh yeah. March 31, 1999. Only the best film ever made by Keanu Reeves, excluding Bill and Ted's Bodacious Adventures. Isn't that excellent adventure? Yeah, but I think they made a sequel, which was bodacious. Anyway, someone hit us up and let us know what the correct term is. <laughs> I love that but movie, though. It Dude. is The Matrix. Excellent Red or blue movie. pill. Excellent movie. Um, let's go to 1492, Spanish Exile of the Jews. Um, on this date, it was told that uh, Jews have to either get out of Spain or convert to Christianity. That's prior to the Inquisition, isn't it? It's actually the start of the Inquisition, pretty much. Mm. Not, um, 1492. Mm. April 1st, what a day, 1700. Let's do a prank or heaps. That's right, April Fool's Day starts in 1700. Um, April 2nd. (laughs) (laughs) April 2nd, 2005. Pope John Paul II, he's dead. He dies. I don't know if you remember that day. Everyone was very upset about it because, you know, the Pope died, so the Vatican was sad, so the whole world was sad. I wasn't sad. I was fine. I was playing PlayStation. It was good. I didn't care so much either, but I'm sure it's sad for some people. (laughs) Now, 1917, April 2nd, another big date. Jeanette Rankin. Ever heard of her? Um, She was the first American congresswoman, wasn't she? She was. She was the first woman to assume office in America. Do you want to hear something that is unpleasant? I would say unpleasant. Yeah. Women didn't get the vote nationally in America till 1920. She was in Congress before a lot of her fellow women could even vote. How does that even make sense? I know. What it's... are you doing, world? That's so crazy. It doesn't... it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, her region got the vote in 1914, which was great, but nationally, women didn't get the vote till 1920, and here is a yeah, lady it's who absurd. couldn't even be voted for. Yeah. What's crazy is that she wouldn't have been able to vote for herself. Well, she could have voted for herself in her own home state, but she couldn't have voted in another state. She's calling up her cousin in Texas. Hey, Marianne, vote for me. Marianne's like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can can drink moonshine, but I can't vote. I got a pie cooling on the window sill. (laughs) Um, Look, (laughs) maybe they did that then. I guess they had pie in in Texas. So April 2nd, history was made with the first woman in Congress and how far we've gone since then, Mm, mm. which is really good to see, but not far enough. Hillary should have been Trump. End of segment. (laughs) I think we're done with that. I don't know. Hillary's pretty crooked. (laughs) 
Ooh. <laughs> it's me being contrarian. Um, um, so that, that takes us to the end of Fast Facts. Um, if you've got any good facts, hit us up on the old SoundCloud, Harry and Nash Before You Were Born. Just type in Before You Were Born. Or iTunes, Before You Were Born. Or our Facebook, Harry and Nash. So if you miss us, don't worry, because we'll be back next week with more from a time before you were born.